Hello, everyone. Welcome. Welcome to the Let's Rejoice Together podcast. I am your host, Jennifer Grove, and thank you. Thank you so much for joining us as we explore the business of shopping sustainably as we build this awesome community and connect eco-responsible tastemakers and changemakers. I am so excited for today's episode. Um, But first, I want to ask, how many of you have been watching the latest HBO documentary, Not So Pretty? Uh, My good friend and colleague, Kayla, actually shared it with me the other day, and I just started watching it, and it it kind of kicks off with all the things we know uh, with makeup. Makeup as art, makeup makes us feel beautiful, it's about creative expression, making first impressions, all these great things. And then it leads into the ugly truth. Some of the products we're putting on our skin could have asbestos in it. And you're like, wait, what? Uh It had me running to my medicine cabinet once again to turn over my products to see if any of them had talc in them. So if your makeup has talc, um, this could very likely mean that it has asbestos, which causes cancer, mesothelioma. Um, You'll have to go and watch this documentary because then it leads into more. Uh, The FDA has admitted it has very little authority to remove talc, uh, asbestos uh, products off the shelves. And it can only ask brands to voluntarily remove these products. The only real effective way is public pressure, or as we like to encourage everyone, educate yourself and shop your values. So we're hoping that you do that, obviously, with every informed decision that you can make for yourself. And you're sharing this information with everyone in your circle of influence. So go watch this documentary. It's called Not So Pretty on HBO. It's a four-part docuseries that exposes the secrets of uh, the cosmetics and personal care industries. It's really easy. It's um, four 30-minute episodes covering makeup, nails, skin, and hair. And they really, they just focus, it's easy. They focus on one or two products to show how large companies try to avoid the ugly truth and the facts getting out. And I thought it was well done. It's very easy to digest. It's filled with a good mix of scientific information, personal stories, some cultural context, enough to get me running to the medicine cabinet without getting totally overwhelmed by the studies and the lawsuits and the statistics, because some of the revelations were, they were heartfelt and disturbing um, and, they use some real life anecdotes to illustrate them that were kind of devastating, but um, they also did offer some great resources of what you could do to better educate yourself when you're done. Um, if you're listening to us on Spotify, you can check out this episode's profile and I'll, I'll put the link in there. Uh, one of my favorite apps to check out beauty products, it's EWG's, uh, that's the Environmental Working Group's Skin Deep. Uh, app. It's a database that gives you um, some practical solutions to protect yourself from uh, chemicals and the potential hazards and health concerns. Their aim is to kind of fill in, if you will, where the industry and and the government leave off. Um, So (laughs) after all of this negativity from the, the docuseries, I was like, I need to close my eyes and kind of take a mini, mini break here, breathe a little bit. Uh, mini spa afternoon in my own apartment, if you will. Perhaps a nap with a weighted pillow draped across my eyes. And I'm thinking um, Miranda Bennett, Zero Waste Studio in Austin. I am obsessed with these walnut shell filled 
pillows that she can you can just pop in the microwave to warm up drape it over your eyes that sounds like a little mini escape that i could have used after this docu-series but you have to check these out they're made entirely from the remnants from the studio that anything that's left over that they cut in their their zero waste studio it's just one of the many efforts that they do to reduce their carbon footprint and kind of combat textile waste um, it is a gorgeous collection the whole brainchild of Miranda Bennett. I'm going to let her give you the whole backstory, but after what I just shared with you about this HBO documentary, uh, Miranda is a total breath of fresh air. She's the real deal, and the colors in her collection are made with plant-derived dyes. Think roots, wood, fruits, seeds, because plant dyes, and I know you know this, are not only naturally gorgeous, and you have to go online to her website to see the full array of colors with names like pecan and supernova, but it ensures that they're really keeping the chemicals out of our waterways and off of our bodies. And doesn't that just sound like the right thing to do? Shouldn't everyone be doing that when they're designing clothes? But okay, full disclosure, I am wearing uh, Miranda Bennett silk wrap top right now. Uh, my dear friend Diane sent it to me as a gift and I've been obsessed ever since. It is a season to season, year round, ethically made, zero waste. You cannot help but feel good in this gift. <laughs> so thank you, Diane. Um, and with that, it is an honor to get to speak to the designer herself today. So it's my very great pleasure to welcome the Austin-based founder of Miranda Bennett Studio, Miranda Bennett. Thank you for joining us on the podcast today, Miranda. Oh, Jennifer, thank you so much for having me and for that beautiful introduction. I'm so humbled by all of your words. So thank you so much. Oh my gosh. It is, it's my pleasure and honor to speak with you. Can you first, though, can you give us an overview of your brand and of your collection? Because this is a, a podcast, um, I want to get into the the purpose, but can you do an even better description, kind of paint the, <laughs> paint the picture of your beautiful brand? Tell us everything from color, shape, form, texture. How, how, did, how did the products fit into our lives as women? Absolutely. It would be my pleasure to. So my name, as you mentioned, is Miranda Bennett. My collection is Miranda Bennett Studio. We are an ethical and sustainable apparel um, and accessories line based in Austin, Texas. The line itself um, are really, it's my big sort of North Star as a designer is always thinking of things that feel good to wear that will allow your body to evolve over the course of a month, over the course of years. So these are meant to be pieces that live with you season after season and really meet you where you are versus the other way around um, with really minimalist and um, clean, you know, design aesthetics so that things also allow you to be the focal point and will merge really seamlessly with whatever your current style is. Um, so, you know, the wrap top you mentioned, which I thought I was so moved when Diane reached out to me to gift that piece to you. Um, that's a great example of something where, you know, that's an apparel item you could pair with really, you know, structured, tailored or skirt. You can also wear it with a pair of beautifully worn in Levi's. You could wear it with a pair of Palazzo pants from our collection. Um, our customers love it for the ability to nurse easily with it or to wear it to a black tie event. So I think that's a great way to sort of summarize the overall aesthetic and ethos of the brand is 
we want clothing that is, you know, sustainable, but also very versatile and, and really allows the person inside to just feel their best, not be distracted by something, digging into them, not feeling as comfortable over the course of a day when inevitably, you know, our tummies can start to bloat and things like that happen. Um, so pieces that are just gentle and easy to wear. So that's the aesthetic side of it. Um, and then, you know, on the ethical and sustainable side of it, that's really been the grounding force of the collection from really day one. So um, the way I look at it is it's, you know, rather than us having maybe one focus of this is how we're sustainable, or this is how we're ethical, I really see it as like the spokes on one wheel. And we have, you know, prongs of what we're doing that really speak to all of the different pain points that I encountered firsthand within the fashion industry. So, you know, starting with trend, really trying to remove trend and this idea of built-in obsolescence from the clothing so that things truly are sustainable by design, meaning you're not going to see a dress from our collection and think, oh, that's so last season, I can't wear it anymore. Rather, these are things that can literally be worn season after season. Uh, when I founded the collection in 2013, that was still a really novel concept. Um, so even just saying, hey, we're going to repeat these bodies year after year, season after season, um, that was something I was having to educate our, our wholesalers and our stockists on out the gate. But, you know, going much further than that, when we get into materials, you know, we only use biodegradable fabrics. Um, that's always been very important to me. And we're now moving more towards a lot of regenerated um, natural fiber textiles that utilize less water and can recirculate the water and chemicals that are used in the processing um, to just create a lesser carbon footprint and environmental footprint. We've done plant-based dyes from day one and day one looked like me in a teeny tiny studio, <laughs> literally dyeing these things, sewing these things myself. So, you know, really coming from a process-oriented approach. So as a maker myself, um, letting that inform all of the different touch points that go into creating a garment and within that, all of the different, you know, repercussions. So seeing firsthand the types of scraps that are left over from cutting the garment, not being able to bear the idea of throw those, throwing those away. Um, you know, that's how our zero waste initiative was born. Um, I could keep going or I could let you interject <laughs> another question. <laughs> no, I could, yours. <laughs> I, could listen, I could listen to you talk about it all day because it's, such a well-articulated vision and the philosophy behind it. Every single thing makes sense as a modern consumer who appreciates the thought behind what you just said. And I, as you were talking about kind of the ebb and flow of a woman's body and needs, but I also like, I'm sitting here wearing the top with jeans right now. And, um, Honestly, I'm in my apartment. I'm wearing flip-flops. So, <laughs> so it's, su it's super comfortable, but I look great because I just gave a presentation on my laptop. So I'm oh, fancier. Like, I'm full on hair, makeup, jewelry on top, but I'm wearing yeah. uh, denim and rainbow flip-flops on the bottom. But I've also <laughs> worn this wrap top. Um, like you can make it a really sexy, like low plunging, like V almost like a V neck, if that makes sense. And I was like, mm -hmm. this is so versatile. I, I think that's the best way to describe it. So Totally. Um, and that piece of being able to really choose how you style it is such a big part of the collection. And what makes it really so versatile, but also lends itself so well to like how our bodies can shift is this idea that 
a lot of our pieces can be styled and worn multiple. You know, when we think of decluttering our closets or lessening the amount that we're consuming over the course of a year, it's really in a practical way meant to help you accomplish that by giving you almost the, you know, the functionality of multiple garments in one. Yes. I love that. And it's so minimalist and yet it creates so many different looks. And that, that really brings out the creativity in every single person. So I love it. I love that. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So tell us any, anything new, any big developments um, at the studio these days? Yes. Um, honestly, this is one that I am super proud of. And just this month we were able to launch um, something in tandem with. So we started as a one size collection and we have been transitioning into a new sizing paradigm. And we first like really embarked on the deep work of that over the course of COVID. And we're now over the last year, we've been releasing basically resized uh, renditions of our core collection. So that started last year with our everyday dress, but just this month we released the new sizing of our not dress, which is definitely our best-selling item. Um, another one that definitely allows also that versatility of belting it multiple different ways to basically end up with five different methods of wearing this one garment. And uh, this one used to be limited. It used to kind of cap off at a size, a uh, U.S. size zero, uh, sorry, a dress <laughs> size uh, 12, a U.S. dress size 12. And now it fits sizes 00 to 32. And we've just been seeing such wonderful feedback from the launch. So we literally just released it. I think we're on our second or third week now of it having been live. And um, it was really hotly anticipated, honestly, internally. Um, we did several rounds of fit testing with local members of our community who have been asking us, when is it gonna, when will it go live? Because they enjoyed the process of trying it on so much. Um, so that feels really exciting and huge that that is now out there and that it can be as inclusive as, you know, we're aiming to make the entire collection be. Um, and I guess in addition to that, we had a really nice piece of press this month in uh, Southern Living in the April issue that was a feature on me and the brand. And that has been a really exciting, you know, press is always so wonderful, but we don't always see, you know, an immediate uh, you know, feedback, or you don't really know what the mm -hmm. outcome is going to be. And this was one where we've just been getting so many incredible messages from people who have read the article and have just said, you know, so cool to discover you to learn more about what you're doing. And it was really cool to see it resonate in the South, in the, the US, the Southern US, um, and to see the, you know, the threads of sustainability really resonating in this market was super, super cool. Congratulations. Bo both of those uh, pieces of news are so amazing. Congratulations. Thank you so much. Yeah, I'm trying to remember to take a little more time to celebrate those things because, you know, in fashion, it's so easy to always be sort of thinking of the next collection, the next set of, you know, to do. So um, I love this question because I think it is so nice to stop and reflect on what we have to celebrate in the moment. 
Yeah, this is this is newsworthy and you need to take a moment to pause and reflect on all the hard work that you and your team, because as a founder, I know it's not just one person. It is your team and your family and your friends and all the people that have supported you in this journey. So congratulations to, to you and to everyone who um, has worked hard to get the recognition that you deserve, because that helps build the awareness for um, a brand and an ethos that warrants um, celebration. So yay, congrats. Thank you so much. Yeah. And I second that emotion about the team. I, I am so grateful for them. And I think going through COVID with these guys has only made that more the case because they've just been so resilient and so incredibly willing to, you know, do the umpteenth number of pivots that we've all had to do. So I I appreciate that call out about them because, you know, MBS, Marina Bennett Studio would be nothing without them. Yeah, that type of loyalty, especially through a pandemic, is um, just amazing. So yay, team. <laughs> <laughs> okay, on to, on to our round of 20 questions, which I hope will provide some some insight to the team, um, to the, the people behind the brand, but also the, the sustainability cred and kind of give the Rejoice community an opportunity to learn more about the brand, but also um, who's behind the, the female founder and the business person behind this vision and give a little validation behind that as well. So are you ready, Miranda? I'm ready. Let's do okay, it. Let's do it. <laughs> okay. So first and foremost, the, the, the formal part, what is Miranda Bennett Studios' sustainability mission statement? We put people and planet first by creating ethical and sustainable apparel in the United States. Love it. How would you describe <laughs> Miranda Bennett Studios' best-selling product and why are your customers obsessed with it? So it's kind of been a, a neck and neck. It fluctuates based on the month, but between the two styles I mentioned previously, our everyday dress and our not dress. And our everyday dress, we we describe it as you know, our North Star style, because this was the first style I created in the collection. And it definitely has dictated a lot of the mood and energy of the rest of the collection and just our overall aesthetic. So that is, um, that is still, which like, I just love because this is going since 2013, been one of our best selling garments. And then our other is the knot dress, which was the one I mentioned that has um, the belting method that you can basically create five different garments out of one with it and that we've just released in our new sizing. So the fact that that was able to be in our best-selling, you know, our top two bestsellers while it was so limited in the fit makes me so hopeful for what the future of that garment will be and, you know, a whole new audience of women that can and people that can enjoy it. Um, so I'd say those are our top two. And especially for someone new to the brand, those would be the two I would direct you to check out first because they're great, like, you know, points of entry that sort of allow you to really get the concept and the feel and the fit of our collection. Absolutely. And every time I check out the website, I feel like, um, that's where I, I gravitate and I feel like they're, uh, because they're such foundation pieces, it's good to know that when they're sold out, they always come back. Yes, <laughs> totally. Sometimes it'll be different colors or different fabrics, but we promise to bring it back always. Yes. What problem did you set out to solve when you first started the studio? 
a lot of them. <laughs> this, is like, this is one where I have a few answers, honestly, because, and I, I know I already touched on built-in obsolescence. So, you know, I'll like, I'll re-acknowledge that, but I won't spend too much time with it. Um, but just this idea that designs could be recycled, could live season after season. But, you know, more than that, I really, and I think what speaks to all of the more granular strands of what makes up our practices as a studio the big thing was just eliminating this disconnect between, you know, the final product and the people that actually created it. Um, that was the thing I really noticed even going back to design school as I learned more about the industry, you know, in a more formal way was why are we only seeing, you know, the glossy sort of on the model in the magazines version of the apparel, but we don't know any scenes. We don't know where it was made, how it was made, who made it, et cetera. So a big problem I've always been trying to solve is just putting the maker, putting the people behind the products back um, in a place of, you know, uh, recognition and a place of acknowledgement and a place of being treated fairly. Um, so that's a really huge piece of the, the brand. And, you know, it's a big part of why we make things one roof. Um, you know, and why our sewists are, you know, given health insurance and the same benefits that our head of marketing is given. Um, because to me, it's every single person is so critical in the creation of these products and they deserve the same, frankly. Love that. And how do you know, or have you solved this problem or how do you know when you'll solve this problem? How, how do you, Miranda, define success? I think we can always be doing better. It's not a, <laughs> it's not always like the the easiest answer, but I just think there's always more there's always room to improve. And I also think taking that um, taking that approach to it for any business owner out there is really helpful in the sense that it does allow you to start where you are, to do what you can with what you have, and know that maybe it will take you a few years before you know every everything on your first, like, here's what I want to accomplish to do list has happened. And hopefully in the course of accomplishing those things, you will have discovered even more things that you can accomplish and fine tune and take further. Um, you know, so for us, the, I think the biggest and proudest accomplishment on just like the sustainability aspect of things, in addition to using plant-based dyes, which we're doing in-house ourselves. um, is our zero waste initiative and the fact that we have managed to keep all of our textile scraps out of landfills and in the process of doing that, you know, created these kind of new, fun, more accessible products like the eye pillows you mentioned, which like we have like not been able to keep in stock, which has been so <laughs> cool, you know, um, but like our neckerchiefs, um, our scrunchies, our borrow bags, which are um, kind of color coded textile remnants from the collection, which have been such a hit with our crafting community. And it's been so incredible to see what they're making with our fabrics. So that sort of speaking to that collaborative, um, you know, sort of give and take with the customer you mentioned that we, we really see with our styling of our garments, that's been this other really incredible collaboration with our audience where, you know, it might be someone who they, they don't even necessarily look to us for the apparel, but they quilt vigorously or they have, you know, they like to do visible mending on their apparel or they like to make smaller, you know, like children's apparel with them. There's been so many new and exciting things, even fine art pieces using our, our fabric remnants. Um, oh, so that has that. been, 
Yeah, that's been just such a cool, um, just a dialogue with our community that I really love and kind of lifts the veil. You know, there's some of the stuff like when I talk about plant dyes, I know there's, that's not something there's like a huge reference point for in terms mm -hmm. of, you know, the every person. Um, but when we get into like the borrow bag example, this is something where you're really tangibly experiencing in action what it means for us to be a zero waste studio by working with our remnants. And I've just loved seeing that conversation emerge with our community. Love it. Absolutely. Okay. So you already touched on some of these, these moments, but do you have any, any others that you want to mention something that you consider your, your big, proud, most defining stat or some type of sustainability measurement that you want to share with the world? I think honestly, going back to our team and just recognizing that, you know, the garments are team here in Austin. They are sewn by our own team here in Austin. They are cut by our own team here in Austin, <laughs> you know, and then we get into the sales and the marketing. All of that is done by our local team. And I think that's something that really, uh, you know, allows us to kind of stand apart in, in the marketplace because uh, we're really investing right here in the United States in every aspect of our manufacturing cycle and um, it's pretty rare because it's honestly, it's really hard, you know, <laughs> like, like, yeah. honestly, in this moment, like, uh, both of our sewists are out. And there's just that is what it is. Like, one of them is out for, um, you know, her pay time off, another one is out for um, something that that happened in their family. And, you know, so as a studio, we're all kind of uh, responding to that. And I think this is actually like a clarifying moment of recognizing, like, that is not like a hiccup in our supply chain. This is what it means to really invest in your team and work with your team and work with the needs of your team. So I actually kind of strangely consider that an accomplishment that, well, you know, I was, it's been, I was, oh, yeah, I was just going to say that um, that actually leads into the next question because outside of um, the studio, outside of the website, consumers wouldn't necessarily know that. So this is a really yeah. good opportunity to say, um, this is a great reason to support a brand because that is a corporate social responsibility tenant that m sets your company apart because you care for your employee and give them paid time off or say um, you've got an issue to deal with. The rest of the company is going to rally behind you and mm -hmm. fill in the gaps where um, we need to. But that's not something that is communicated on, you know, the fourth page deep on the website, because that's <laughs> just not how business works necessarily yeah. on an e-commerce website. So what's another um, CSR tenant that maybe sets your company apart and, and makes Miranda Bennett Studio MBS an ideal company to work for? I mean, I think definitely that you can bring your humanity to work is is just huge. Um, everyone on the team jokes because like <laughs> it's not a meeting unless I've cried a little bit. <laughs> like, and you know, I, I think that's all within measure. But I, I think, you know, the the like truth of that is, you know, that we're not we're just allowing everyone to to be human, to to have human needs. And, you know, in the example of like our sewist being out, it's meant like we've created new new ways to address that through our dye department, new ways to address that through our zero waste products. Um, you know, and so I think that piece of it really is, you know, it's huge. And and to your point about like how we communicate that on the website and stuff, that's always been the struggle for my brand is that we have so much story that sometimes it's like 
how do we share everything without totally oversaturating (laughs) the reader or the customer, you know? So that is... I like like getting to the story behind it because it's just, it's very interesting to me. I think it makes it... um, it you know it's a peek behind the curtain so to speak <laughs> totally yeah and it's we actually have been talking about that internally like how like can we share this situation should we talk about it you know is that because like even to your question I'm like well I could have also talked about our use of plant-based dyes you know I think there's there's just so many layers to the story and I I think piece of it too is different parts of our story obviously resonate with different people and mm-hmm. you know I think definitely the treatment of our employees and knowing that there is integrity in every ounce of the labor that has gone into creating your garment is huge. And, you know, I think the other side of it, like our use of plant-based dyes, that is like definitely our, one of our largest investments. It's by far the most expensive way, you know, when you look at it just from a business perspective that we could be tinting our collection. And I, that is a like non-starter to me that we would not work that way when it comes to our color because it just gives us within the sphere of even zero waste it gives us so many new and intriguing and exciting ways and within that there's you know the environmental benefits of not using synthetic dyes that are polluting waterways but there's also the the like health benefit of not exposing our body and our skin to the types of chemicals that are in a lot of those dyes Um, And then beyond that, it's the goods that we're actually using to tint the fabrics. We're then composting afterwards. We might be diverting it from a landfill in the first place when we're industry. So I think, you know, that's where it is kind of as a, as a person addressing or meeting our brand for the first time, maybe choose your own adventure, what speaks to you (laughs) and we'll have something to, to share, you know, but sometimes that is the challenge as, as a business and as like, you know, you know, one communicating often through an e-commerce platform, how do you share all of this in a way that is not just completely overwhelming, you know? Right. (laughs) Well, and then um, because my next question is, what are your official sustainable sustainability goals for the future? Because you do have a big story and a big vision. What are, what are some things that as MBS evolves that you want to work mm-hmm. on? You know, if I were to come back and, and ask for an update, what are you looking ahead to accomplishing? My biggest goal is for us to be able to go further with our fabrics. I really want um, to, you know, as I mentioned, we're using biodegradable fabrics. We're starting to dip our toes into using regenerated fabrics. Um, But I really would love to just go even further with that. And that is where sometimes it is the pain point of being such a small brand. I mean, there's 12 people on our team currently, and that includes everyone, you know, doing the store, doing manufacturing, et cetera. We're teeny tiny in the, you know, scope of things, knowing how much we do in-house. And my big hope is just as we grow and as we also, you know, continue to um, expand upon the pivot we had to make during COVID, which was going from primarily being based in wholesale to being primarily direct to consumer, mm-hmm. is as we continue to grow and and become you know sustainable in that way that we're able to really um, expand upon the development of new and exciting textiles that really further support how we can just be as sustainable as possible in terms of our products and our brand. Good. Okay. 
Now, if you have to distill everything down to give, give me one good reason why, like why should the Rejoice community care about MBS? Why should I care about your success as a, as a fellow founder? Why should my 18-year-old daughter care about MBS as a brand? Because we mean what we say and we're, we're walking the walk. You know, we're not just talking the talk. I think, um, you know, that we truly invest in people and in techniques that are best for planet. Um, you know, I know it's overwhelming for customers right now because there is a lot of greenwashing. There is a lot of, you know, oh, we're going to talk about the packaging we sent our <laughs> carbon in, but we're not going to talk about who made that garment, where, what fabrics, what chemicals, et cetera. Um, we really are doing our due diligence to create the best possible product that really does right by you, by the earth and by the people that made it. Um, and that's a commitment I, you know, I put, I put my name on. <laughs> literally, literally. Yeah. Put your name on it. <laughs> yeah. I love that. What's Miranda, what's the best thing about being a business owner that might surprise our community? Gosh, honestly, it, I moved constantly by the commitment of my team. And I think going through the last few years that we've all been through, I know everyone, you know, we've seen the great resignation. We've seen all of these, you know, sort of pivots in, in the positions people want to hold, the directions that they're even taking their life in. I mean, this has been a really hard time to be a business owner. And strangely, in the peak of that challenge, what has been the best is to be constantly and consistently impressed and surprised by the dedication of the women on my team because there have definitely been moments where I felt so overwhelmed. You know, what is the next step when everything sort of happened overnight in the way that it did, especially at the top of COVID? Um, it's the best part and the joy of my work has been just to continually be surprised by the dedication of these women. And then I think second to that is to hear from our customers, you know, especially at the start of COVID, like I'm making a point to, to shop with you because you're a brand I want to see survive. You're a brand I want to see on the other side. So really just having that sense that people are paying attention and that they're dedicated both internally and externally has been by far the best part about running this business. Oh, that's so beautiful. I love that. What's the most challenging hurdle you believe Miranda Bennett Studio faces in achieving eco-responsibility goals that you're really on a mission to solve? Something a consumer might not realize, though, is actually behind the scenes, mm -hmm. super hard to actually achieve. It's something they might not recognize is mm -hmm. really challenging. Honestly, I go back to the fabrics, um, like transparency in the fabric sourcing process, having the spending power to really develop um, the types of fabrics that we'd ideally like to be working with, um, location of where those fabrics are, you know, milled, et cetera. I would say the biggest challenge is when you're not a huge brand or a huge company, when you don't have massive backing and massive cash flow, you know, you're having to sometimes do this equation of like, how do we how do we reconcile like what we can literally conceivably do and what we want to be in a perfect world and i think that a lot of people don't understand just how small our company is and you know within that that like you know our budgets are hard hard fought hard earned <laughs> and it's you know we we're we're really such a small small brand um that you know we just we can't always 
order like 20,000 yards of something at a given time. Um, and that's where sometimes it, it does feel more challenging to be like a little guy out there in the field. But I think, uh, you know, at the same time, I try and look at the benefits of that service and in terms of how nimble we can be and how scrappy we can be. But and no pun intended <laughs> with scrappy, but I, yeah, I think the biggest challenge is just, you know, like that the, the playing field is not always even depending on your size and your, your spending power, you know, in terms of being a brand. Yeah, I get it. I get it. <laughs> okay. Uh, time for the fun, more uh, personal fact finding questions about your sure. own commitment to shopping sustainably. So the first one I like to ask is, what did you have for breakfast today? And do you know where it was sourced from? <laughs> so I'm so boring with breakfast. I have like, usually like, I, I have it in stages, but I'll usually have like kombucha. Well, I'll have a little like lemon water and then I'll have kombucha and then I'll have my tea and then I'll have yogurt. Um, basically just so I can take my vitamins. Um, and then I have like an early lunch and I, I do the opposite of what you're supposed to do. It's like my meals get bigger as the day goes on. But um, I get my like yogurt and kombucha from this really cool local company in Austin called um, Farmhouse. And they, what I love about them is that they do a CSA component. They do uh, like prepared food component that's all sourced from local Austin restaurants. And then they also have like a meal uh, prep component. So you can like order kits essentially to make like your weeknight dinners and stuff like that. So depending on where you're coming from with time and bandwidth, you can kind of choose how you want to um, dine with them. And that works really well for me because, you know, I'm having the kind of week where I, I just know I'm not going to, I'm going to get home at 7 or 8 PM and I'm just not going to have that energy to, to prepare a meal from scratch. And what I really love, in addition to how their goods are sourced, that it's local produce, local restaurants, et cetera, is everything is delivered in this recyclable, or sorry, a reusable bin that they pick up when they drop off your next round of groceries. All of the like freezer pouches and cooling packs, everything is reusable. Because there was like a minute there where I was trying to do the like meal kit stuff. And I just immediately was like, oh my gosh, this is so much waste. It's ludicrous you know just for mm -hmm. to prepare two or three dinners so this really felt like such an incredible solution I realized I totally went past just breakfast <laughs> now you no, know but this, this is fascinating <laughs> yeah I just I, I will tell anyone about them I have no stake in the business I just think that they're really doing it so right and I I wish that every city had had something like them I, I was just going to say go Austin I love this yeah. idea the CSA component with the restaurants um and the the bin and the packaging this makes so much good sense. I love it. Mm -hmm. Okay. What's the last item that you composted, recycled, upcycled, donated, or repurposed? Well, this is where I feel lucky again to be in Austin because we have citywide composting. So I'm composting all the time. Um, and that would be the nice. most recent of those <laughs> options, but probably my tea bags <laughs> and my lemon for my breakfast. <laughs> oh, good. I just, I had to walk 45 minutes to the farmer's market on Sunday oh, to do my, my compost. Gosh. So thanks, that is New York. your, you're um, the good fight there though, walking that <laughs> all that way. Good for you. <laughs> What's the oldest piece of clothing or an accessory in your closet that you still get absolute maximum use out of? 
my ev- my first everyday dress that I made in Sofia um. from 2013. <laughs> I'm still wearing her. She's great. Um, Love it. I still have a lot of pieces from those first runs that I sewed myself. And I'm so proud to say that they are still trucking along just fine. And I'm still yes. wearing them all the time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Amazing. Good answer. Um, <laughs> what is your most treasured possession, something you purchased once and you have no reason to ever replace or throw out. And it was totally worth it to you because it brings you so much joy. Uh, A pair of diamond earrings from my late best friend's jewelry line um, that I've had since probably 2010. And I will never wear another pair of earrings. They're the only ones that I need. And um, I just love them because they remind me of her Oh my God. That's uh, so personal and precious. Thank you for sharing that with us. Oh, You're welcome. My... Sorry. I'm like, okay, okay now no, I'm like clutching my cry. heart right now. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. Um, what is a beauty, personal care, health, or food product you subscribe to every month and get delivered to your doorstep that you cannot live without? Oh, do you have anything in addition to this CSA program? Oh, I guess. Yeah, you're right. I kind of that I do. (laughs) Um, And it's a beauty product. There is a brand. I really hope I'm pronouncing it right. Renee Rouleau. And she's actually based in Austin. Um, Skincare products. And she has this toner that it's like, I think the elderberry toner. I, if I run out of it, I'm like, what do I do? (laughs) It's like so (laughs) critical and it's, it's really gentle. You know, I've done some of the more intense ones where it's like, you know, it's meant to burn and all that stuff. And what I love about this one is it really, I really see it being effective for my skin, but it's so gentle and it just feels nourishing. And all the ladies at the studio will tell you, I gifted it to everyone for Christmas this year. Um, but I love that line so much. And I, I definitely have that as like a regular reorder. Mm-hmm. Very smart. Um, I like gentle versus burn. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> There's enough that burns right now. Let's just take it a little easy on ourselves, you know? Yes. Um, okay. So along those lines, are there any other types of brands that you um, champion that you would like to see on an eco-responsible shopping marketplace like Rejoice when we launch? Um, gosh, yes. I like thinking of my compost. I love, I think the brand is Bamboo, but it's like a unique spelling of it. They make compost bins and cooking like bowls and measuring cups and things like that that are made from a bamboo-derived cellulose. Um, and I really like, I love their colors. I like that they're like aesthetically pleasing while also not utilizing plastic. So that's a brand. I'm sorry. I don't have the precise spelling, but I can, I can definitely send it to you after the fact. (laughs) Amazing. I appreciate that. Um, okay. What is one question you have for our audience that something that keeps you up at night that maybe we can help crowdsource an answer for? Oh, absolutely. I, always we always want to know like what colors styles and products do you want to see more from from us um we're always interested in hearing you know if there's a color people are missing that maybe we did a few seasons ago or if there's a style that has been you know in a dormant phase that you want to see brought back we really pay attention when people share those insights with us we listen in the store we listen via you know instagram social media email um so if you're an existing MBS customer or if you're new to us and you're just, uh, you know, you're seeing the collection for the first time and there's a gap or there's something you want to see more of, 
please tell us because we truly listen. And because our team is so small, we can actually often accommodate in the sense that, you know, it's kind of counterintuitive. You think because we're so small, we we can't like, um, you know, not like listen to everyone's requests, et cetera. And though we can't, we do really take that feedback to heart. And because we're able to like die something that will likely be on the floor within a month, we actually have like a lot more sort of quickness in our ability to produce um, than you would think. So we love getting feedback and guidance on what our customer wants from us. That is amazing. And Miranda, what is your Instagram handle? It is at Miranda Bennett Studio, and there's two N's and two T's in Bennett and uh, Studio Singular, no S on the end. Perfect. Okay. Well, and I was going to say, um, sometimes now we're going to try and drive traffic to your Instagram, but I was going to say, (laughs) sometimes we are overwhelmed with social media and the news, and we need a break from Mm -hmm. negative news. Um, We at Rejoice look at climate change and environmentalism and everything that's happening and say, okay, as a community, we can make collective change and positive impact if we take these micro decisions one day at a time, work together to make, you know, small steps forward. That's something positive. I know there's a lot of news that um, it can be overwhelming at times. So when we need a break, we need a break. But are there any topics out there that you have been paying attention to anything newsworthy that's gotten your attention lately that you want to share with us yeah i've been taking a little digital break in my free time so i've been just going back to reading which has been so amazing i know that sounds kind of silly that it's no i'm right there with you (laughs) yeah just like something about holding a book and the space that's just created between you and what you're reading um has been super nourishing to me right now because this really does feel like a very potent time of overwhelm just with everything that's happening in the world um so i've been reading two books i've been reading Brene brown's uh latest book atlas of the heart which is really fascinating in terms of, um, you know, articulating the different emotions that we feel and and really creating kind of uh, more context for that. And um, and then I just started last night, Sister Outsider, which is a collection of essays and um, lectures by Audre Lorde. And that's been, I mean, just the poetic and lyrical way that she writes is so stunning. And I'm really, really excited to dig into that more honestly when I get home tonight. Um, so yeah, those would be two things that I've I've really been enjoying and have been giving me life lately. I, I really can appreciate that. I'll, I'll put the links uh, to both of those books in the profile as well, because those are great recommendations. Okay, my last question for you today. Miranda, what is your number one eco tip? Your, your kind of... Uh, go to save the planet habit that you've adopted. And obviously your whole brand is built on, on this, but something you personally um, do in your daily lifestyle um, and think it's something worth sharing with everybody that maybe they can incorporate into their daily routine. I would say avoiding single use plastic. I know that's, um, it might seem small, but you know, uh, by that, I mean like, you know, when you go to the grocery store, bringing your own bags, not taking plastic bags, if, you know, in the context of New York, when you go to the deli or bodega, not getting, you know, a plastic bag for your one bag of chips or one beverage. Um, 
noticing that in these like small incremental ways, I think it creates a really beautiful snowball effect of how you realize how much additional packaging you don't need elsewhere in your life. So I would say starting with just always packing a little reusable bag with you in your purse and your fanny pack, whatever your, you know, <laughs> set of, of choices for transporting your, your, you know, personal items. Um, just having that handy so that you can forego uh, single use bags, specifically plastic, um, because I just think it, it piques your awareness, generally speaking, about other areas where you could forego so much packaging, because that is just one of those insidious things. It builds up so quickly over the course of the day, just when we're out consuming goods. Um, and single-use plastic, as the title implies, it's only used once, and it is so, so hard for it to break down. Um, so I would just say if you can avoid that and just take that extra step of packing a tote with you. I know, you know, they've become so ubiquitous. We get them everywhere now. We'll use them, you know, make sure that you bring them with you when you go out and um, just see how that maybe changes your relationship to packaging in general. Absolutely. And, and building the habit, creating the awareness and mm -hmm. making it part of your daily routine. Absolutely. I love that. Miranda, this was incredible. I just, I always love speaking with you and I feel like I learned so much more about you, about the brand. This is, this was, um, priceless and I, I can't wait to keep seeing how Miranda Bennett studio continues to evolve and everything that you and your team have accomplished. Congratulations. Oh, thank you so much, Jennifer. I really can't thank you enough for inviting me and for asking such thoughtful questions. It was really a pleasure to talk to you and just grateful to be here. So thank you. Oh, well, thank you. And th this is kind of our mission to really help our listeners become more informed and more inspired shoppers and participants in a more planet positive experience. So what I always like to tell people at the end is kind of while we're preparing the Rejoice Marketplace. We really, we hope everyone will continue to listen to the podcast and follow us on Instagram at Rejoice Together and visit our website, rijois.com for the latest company news and to sign up to participate in our Marketplace beta test. And we just, we sincerely thank everyone for listening to Let's Rejoice Together. We're currently available on Spotify, where we invite you to join us on this journey with our founder to founder interviews, like today's with Miranda Bennett from Miranda Bennett Studio, AMAs with sustainability, climate change, and supply chain experts, Q&As with Rejoice community managers, plus the latest marketplace must-haves from our greenhouse ambassadors covering health, beauty, personal care, fashion, accessories, travel, and so much more to come as everything continues to grow and evolve. Thanks, everyone. And remember, let's rejoice together. It's what makes the world go round. Cheers. <laughs>